Hello, and welcome to the Frontier Strategy Group podcast series. FSG is the leading information services provider for emerging market executives. We partner with business leaders at over 200 multinationals by providing them with research, analytical tools, and data that help power their emerging market business strategies. The focus of today's podcast is part one of a four-part series on customer segmentation in emerging markets. My name is Richard Leggett, and I'm the CEO of Frontier Strategy Group, and I'm joined in studio today by Dan Cornfield, FSG's Head of Management Excellence Research. As a reminder, this research and all of our content is available via our portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com or via your FSG iPad application. Dan, welcome. Great to be here, Rich. Just to frame the discussion for our listeners, FSG has recently released an in-depth four-part emerging market customer segmentation research series. And today, our discussion will focus on the first part of that series, which is essentially an executive summary and overview of the work. And then in subsequent discussions, we will focus on deeper dives into three highly effective segmentation strategies, market segmentation, behavioral segmentation, and profitability segmentation. So with that as the backdrop, uh, why don't we get started? So Dan, why don't we begin with just a fundamental question, which is why did you choose this topic for the latest management excellence research and and why now? What prompted this as the burning issue? Yeah, so there's basically an internal and, and kind of external answer to that question, Rich. In terms of the external market environment, what we've seen is that a lot of our clients, uh, multinationals around the world, are experiencing slowing growth. And that's a huge challenge. After the, the financial crisis, there was kind of an emerging markets bump where people felt really good about what was going on in emerging markets compared to the developed world. And now we're seeing a reversal of capital flows. We're seeing market situations get a little bit more tricky. And so a lot of companies are asking themselves, market by market in emerging markets, how can we still get more growth out of these markets? And the answer to that question is often enough, not a blanket strategy solution. It's not, well, we should double our marketing spend. It's what do we do segment by segment? Because there are pockets of fantastic growth that can be found, but it's not looking at the, uh, Brazil as a market saying, well, what's the segment of, say, on the consumer side, the upper middle class in Brazil or in the business to business side, say, the middle market size of companies that we might want to be targeting in the northeast of the country that are serving the construction market. So when you get really specific like that, you can resolve your questions about where is the growth going to come from. Okay. And what was the internal driver? The internal driver is basically that companies are starting to get concerned about the competitive landscape and not so much from global competitors as from local competitors. And when it comes to local competitors, they really know the local landscape well and they think naturally about customer segments. And so it's time for global companies to basically catch up and say, how can we look internally at a marriage between our competitive viewpoint and customer segmentation so that local competitors don't eat our lunch? Let me just ask, don't all companies, large and small, at some level segment their customers? And so in this analysis, like, what's the aha moment or what makes this work unique and, and valuable to our clients? Yeah, so you're, you're absolutely right, Rich. Most companies segment their customers. The most natural segmentations tend to be, first of all, geography, and secondly, uh, by channel. So we might have our, our distribution indirect channels and our direct sales force and our key accounts. And that's another natural segmentation is by account size, for example. And all of those are, are you know work really well. The aha moment from our perspective is that as we looked at patterns in performance across companies, Uh, Whether the primary method of segmentation was geography 
or the size of the customer or the channel model wasn't really the driving factor in their performance. But what did matter a lot is the extent to which they took the customer's perspective in mind. What, did they really understand the buyer's priorities and the buyer's mindset? And so in each of the three kinds of segmentation that we'll get into, we'll get into how that customer mindset matters and how companies can superficially do market segmentation without really doing true customer segmentation the way that will drive their performance to the highest level. In the course of your research, you surveyed and interviewed dozens of regional executives at multinationals. And I thought it was interesting, uh, sort of as an overview and maybe set of universal attributes, shared attributes that you uncovered uh, of winning segmentation approaches. And then we'll kind of quickly go through each of the, of the three approaches, but just some universal attributes. Yeah. So, so at the universal level, the companies that get the most out of their segmentation have four key things that they do. One is they make their segmentation exercises cross-functional. And so it's not just something that's led by, say, marketing in a B2C company or sales in a B2B company, and then they present the customer segmentation as a fait accompli. Instead, they bring around the table sales, marketing, strategy, finance, all the major players in the commercial organization, and make sure that they develop a common language around what are our segments, what are our strategies for those segments, so that they can speak together and sing off the same song sheet at the end of the day. So that's that's point number one. And, and we actually found that companies that do take this cross-functional approach are 58% more likely than other companies to have a growth rate over the 10% mark year over year. And so, of course, that's just suggestive. Whenever we look at these commercial performance outcomes, we can't say that's only because of this particular practice. But it is a strong suggestion, and this is uh, statistically significant at, at a 90% confidence level. So we're, we're pretty excited about what some of the regression analysis on our survey results have shown us. So that, that's point one, be cross-functional in your segmentation. Point two is you want to review your segments annually. And what we find is that some companies sort of set their segments in stone and leave them alone until they start screaming out as being problematic. More effective companies, it's not that they re-overhaul their whole segmentation approach every year, but they ask the question at the beginning of their strategic planning process, have we drawn our segments in the right way given how the market dynamic has shifted over the last year? And asking that question is vitally important. And, and every couple of years, you might have an interesting answer to that question, which means that you redraw the map that you're going to build your commercial strategy on top of, right? So no general wants to be building a geopolitical strategy based on a map that still has the Soviet Union on it, for example. And similarly, we want to make... That map might become more relevant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, scary thought. Um, but similarly, no, no market strategist wants to be building their market strategy based on a customer segmentation map that's out of date. What's the third? The third universal thing, and I signaled this earlier, is really taking the customer's perspective into account. And this may seem like a no-brainer, but what some companies do when they segment their markets is they really rely on internal logic within their company. So uh, they may say they're doing customer segmentation, but really they're segmenting their customers based on how they're organized as a company, how their product lines are organized, how they're divided into different divisions internally. Effective customer segmentation doesn't start from the internal organization logic. It starts from what's the customer's perspective, which means when I think about different customer groups, what are their options from a buying perspective? And the different answers to that question in different market subsegments should really be the driving force in how you look at segmentation. Okay. And then the 
final kind of universal attribute? The final universal attribute is not just uh, redrawing your segments within the market space that you've already got as your tried and true addressable market, but instead considering adjacent and new market spaces every time you look at your segments. So especially companies that are seeing diminishing returns on growth in where they're currently operating, it's time to think creatively about are there customers that we haven't considered as natural customers? So, for example, we have a case study in our report where there's a company that's been very, very effective at selling to retailers. And they're a logistics solution provider. They provide pallets and crates and so forth. And what they found is that they're maxing out uh, in Latin America on selling to the major retailers. And they said, to what extent can we sell crates and pallets to companies we haven't even thought about selling to, such as in the oil and gas industry? And do we need to modify our products for that space? Or, or are they actually quite well suited? And by asking that question, they've opened up entire new arenas of who they can sell to, rather than just saying, okay, how do we reclassify retailers differently than we classified the retailers last year? Okay. And just kind of, and I want to do this quickly, but you identified three segmentation strategies mm-hmm. that uh, you found drove above average sales performance. And obviously in subsequent discussions, we'll dive deeper into each of these, but I thought it'd be useful to at least whet our appetite a little bit and introduce each one. So let's start with the first one, which is market segmentation. And maybe we could just use this template for this lightning round, if you will. Um, what is it? Why is it important? And what results did you observe? Sure. So market segmentation, and, and the, the three types of segmentation we'll go through here are market, behavioral, and profitability. So market segmentation is, is actually what people classically think of when they think of customer segmentation. So I've got a, a large market, uh, say China. How do I break that market into segments that I'm going to have slightly different strategies for in approaching those segments? So that could be large versus small customers, that could be sub-geographies, and so forth. And the reason market segmentation is so important is because, as I was saying before, it's the map that you're going to build your strategy on top of so that you can say, where are my pockets of growth coming from? How long are those pockets going to last? And where do I want to prioritize my investments within those pockets so that my portfolio of these segments delivers the sustainable growth and profitability that I'm really looking for? And so companies that did this, you observed better results if they did this effectively? Can you quantify that? Yes. So the the companies that do this most effectively, these are companies that are consistent at, for example, exploring entering adjacent market spaces. Only 20% of MNCs really do this in a dynamic way. But that one out of five companies has far better satisfaction in their differentiation vis-a-vis competitors. So uh, 60% or almost two-thirds of the companies that are good at market segmentation, if you will, feel like they are strongly differentiated from their competitors. And only one-third of the others is strongly differentiated. So what this basically means, it shouldn't be surprising, is that if you take a more granular view of a market, right, and and this can be important for regional leaders in signaling upwards to the corporate center, let's not talk about China anymore. China is too big to have in one conversation. Let's talk about segments within China. That's the level of conversation where we're really going to drive our performance. Profitability segmentation. What is it? Why is it important? And what results did you observe? Profitability segmentation, we're getting down to a much more tactical level within the sales organization. So classically, what has happened is that frontline salespeople are gold on revenue volume. Their managers very often have a dual mandate, right? So sales managers for overall teams have to watch the the revenue dial, but they also have to watch, watch the profitability dial. Right. And that dual mandate is increasingly being pushed down all the way to the front lines. But this can result in a certain amount of complexity for managing a sales organization. And so what we've found is that 
companies that really look at segmenting their customers with an overlay of how profitable are different buckets of these of these customers can really direct the efforts of their salespeople to the highest and most profitable outcome, right? So when a salesperson says, I have this afternoon, I could either spend this afternoon going after these three sales opportunities or just double down on one of these sales opportunities and really knock it out of the park. What's the right answer to that question? And segmenting your, your opportunities and your current customers by profitability can really help provide the right answer to that question. Okay. And I skipped over the, the middle segmentation strategy which is behavioral segmentation. Talk about that one. This is also at a slightly more granular level. But what we find is that if if at market segmentation, you're considering, say, the firm level, I'm going to sell to firms of this size. At behavioral segmentation, you're considering the individual that you're actually selling to. What is the uh, psychological makeup of that individual? What motivates them? And the two fundamental questions are, why do they buy and how do they buy? And what we find is that great salespeople have fantastic intuition in this regard. So they walk into a meeting and in the first five minutes, they can kind of diagnose, here's the kind of person that I'm trying to sell to, uh, and therefore here's how I should sell to them in the most effective way. Um, but your average salespeople's intuition on this is, is poor to average. And by capturing in behavioral segments that are formalized and that have guidance around them, here are the four kinds of buyers that we typically run into, or five or six. You can capture the intuition of your very best salespeople in a way that provides guidance to everybody else. Okay, that sounds really interesting. There were some pitfalls that you talked about that companies should avoid when implementing each of these strategies. I think you identified six. We probably don't have time to go through all six, but do you want to just highlight maybe one from each of the strategies that you should avoid as a company? Absolutely. So we'll go through market segmentation, behavioral segmentation, and profitability segmentation. A major pitfall in market segmentation is basically assuming that your competition is passive. So the most effective companies don't just carve up their markets based on what they see in terms of their internal dynamics or in terms of the customers directly, but also say, what are our competitors doing? How do they divide up their marketplace? And therefore, how should we consider maybe a a segment that we think is unified actually falls into two groups, half of a segment where the competition is really active and the other half where it's not. So the pitfall to avoid is assuming that the competition is passive when you're drawing your segments. In behavioral segmentation, one of the pitfalls that we see companies really often fall into is being really informal about this. So they say, yeah, we talk about the behaviorals of our different buyers, and and maybe even some of our salespeople have nicknames for this kind of mindset versus that kind of mindset. But because it's so informal, it's really hard to consistently share findings across teams, and especially in emerging markets where teams are really scattered, uh, where you may have, you know, your shared services hub in Mexico, and then half the team in Brazil and other people in Argentina. But ultimately, they're dealing with common mindsets in the buyers that they're encountering. How can we help all of these people really share their findings across the board? And when it comes to behavioral segmentation, the answer is to formalize your segments so that everybody's talking about the same names of different segments so that they know what they're talking about when they speak with one another. Okay. And then uh, give me a pitfall from the profitability segmentation strategy. Yep. So when it comes to profitability, one of the things that we often see is that companies don't have profit estimates account by account, and that prevents them from comparing essentially. So you could still goal a a commercial person based on the portfolio and, and the overall profitability of their portfolio. And that's a good thing to do. But it doesn't provide the kind of granular level of detail you need to provide guidance to people on how should they spend their time day to day. And so the, the pitfall is not actually comparing account by account, and the most effective companies avoid that pitfall. 
This research is fairly new, recently released, and I'm just curious. I know you've had a number of client conversations on the heels of its release, and even even just as you were getting ready to release it. I'm curious, what, what has the response been in the feedback? The response has been uh, tremendously positive, Rich. So we've had uh, early conversations with clients in each of our three regions, Latin America, EMEA, and Asia Pacific, and across both uh, B2C and B2B and healthcare companies. And basically what, what I tend to find when I introduce the three kinds of segmentation is that the team members that I'm speaking with immediately gravitate towards one of these three as saying, that's what we need. That's what we need to focus on more. We've taken our eye off the ball on this one. Um, So there tends to be a fairly intuitive self-diagnostic that can happen when they say, is it market segmentation? We're not taking our competitors into account. Is it behavioral segmentation? We're not formalizing our guidance to our team. Or is it profitability segmentation? We're not enabling our team to compare account by account how they should prioritize their time. One of those really usually just sticks, and then we we go deeper into that conversation. Watching the time, I just have one final question. Um, Can a company deploy all three of these segmentation strategies at the same time? Are they mutually exclusive? Are they tied to the maturity and size of a company, their product line? What guidance can you give there? So, so great question. You can definitely deploy all three of these. They're not mutually exclusive and they, are, they can be interactive. However, it's pretty complicated to try to get better at more than one of these things at the same time. And so what we recommend to companies is that they hold two of them constant and really focus on one for improvement. However, when we talk about the one that's being improved, we always like to ask about what are you doing in these other two areas so we can consider the interaction effects. And we have some case studies in our report where you can actually see companies uh, blending two of these approaches together into one common model, and that can be very powerful. Okay, great. Dan, thank you so much for sharing these insights and uh, essentially teasing us a little bit on this really important topic. And we look forward to going deeper in each of the segmentation strategies in subsequent podcasts. As a reminder, you can speak to Dan or any member of the FSG research team at any time by reaching out directly or via your client relationship director. You can also access this customer segmentation research and all of our management excellence research on our portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com or via your FSG iPad application. This concludes our podcast. We wish you great outperformance across your emerging markets portfolio.